everyone. My name is Julia Ferrioli. My pronouns are she, her. It is a wonderfully cool day in Seattle. And it is currently, if I recall my dates correctly, the 25th of July. Um, and I'm here with Anita Ehuman for Open Source Stories. Anita, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, thank you so much, Julian. Hi, everyone. I am Anita Ehuman. I am a developer advocate and um, a technical writer and um, a DEI advocate as well, and an open source huge fan. So um, I do a lot of work in open source, which I'll most likely be sharing, and I'm really happy to be here today. Thank you, Anita. Um, so before we kind of dig into the, the open source side of things, we tend to like to start with trying to get you to know you a little bit better outside of tech. So what is what kind of music are you into these days? Okay. Um, well, I'm going to first of all pick Afrobeat because, <laughs> yes, it's always the Afrobeat that comes first because that's the first um, jam I'd go to. Mm -hmm. And um, aside Afrobeat, I do like um, R&B because it can be really um, relaxing. Mm -hmm. And um, very few times, I just want to listen to, you know, um, melodies, maybe like, you know, those kind of songs without um, lyrics. Yes. Um, yeah, I kind of enjoy listening to those on like maybe a rainy day with um, the raindrops on the roof and everybody's just cozy. Yeah. <laughs> You're describing one of my perfect days. I love when it's drizzly out and just relaxing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, do you find that when you're working, there's a particular type of music you listen to? Or is it just kind of a, um, do you prefer silence when you're working? Now, it's funny because I don't listen to music when I'm working. <laughs> I almost never listen to music because it feels like there's a lot of chaos in my head. Uh, <laughs> the music worse. <laughs> I I totally get that. I had a, a time in my life where I would just require complete silence. Um, and now it's like I need I need some background distraction. I wonder what that says um, <laughs> about getting older. We'll, we'll find out. <laughs> uh, so, kind of shifting back to the tech side of things, what first kind of got you into te technology and um, and open source? Okay. Um, well, it's funny because originally I'm a microbiology student, and um, in my final year, so. I was at that stage where everyone asks this question, what am I going to do if I leave this environment? And um, that was a really big question for me because I know I I did double a lot of things. I know how to do like crafted or handmade um, footwares. I got into doing like a, a few trades here and there. And I wasn't sure which would be a long-term career for me. 
But then I had these um, classmates that were into tech and they really seemed cool. I mean, they had like backpacks with laptops, always wearing cool shirts. And I'm like, oh, I want to look like those kids, but I'm doing microbiology. I don't have this background. So how do I do it? So I got closer and I asked a couple of questions. And it's good because I realized that people are actually willing to help if you ask the right questions and so i got like a bunch of resources it was confusing and chaotic at, at first but um with uh, with the help of my friends always asking questions and getting the right answers sharing necessary resources i first got into tech as a front-end developer and i thought that was it for me because i'm like okay i enjoy it here so let's go into it but like um, six months in and um, I heard about open source uh, after the first um, open source community Africa conference, like there was so much fuss about it. And I was eager to know why there was so much fuss about this, this one conference. And then I heard that you can make contributions to actual projects without getting employed and you can add it as experience. And I'm like, okay, this is a good opportunity. I might just um, dig into this and pave my way around, you know, this text top. So um, I decided to give it a go. The first, the first trial wasn't so smooth because I was one of the silent people in the community that never said anything, you know, just come in and um, breeze out without making any contributions. And this went on for a couple of months. That was like in the Gnome community. Okay. I was part of the, um, sustainable onboarding team so like i bet i barely even made a, a, a good number of contributions there but i really enjoyed that the community was willing to put together um a group focused on onboarding people which was really helpful right and through that i also got to know about a few open source programs led by she code africa and uh, it was um, basically a hackathon where um non um, contributors get introduced to open source projects and um, start contributing so I, I was like okay maybe this is another avenue to find a project that i like and uh, it was actually because i got in touch with um the layer five community where i attempted creating my first pull request <laughs> and i still say this every single time but i spent over a week on one pull request because I had no idea of Git and GitHub. And <laughs> for me, I was like, okay, maybe this is a sign that I should stop because no one goes through one issue this long. <laughs> maybe this is a sign that I should stop and try other things. But um, the community also was helpful. Mm -hmm. And I did ask a couple of questions back, um, back and forth. So I managed to get the pull requests merged and after that i was like okay if i can do this maybe i could give it another shot you know let me just try one smaller issue and that was it i mm -hmm. i just picked it up from there that's that's quite the tale from microbiology to um to layer five that's that's a big journey that you've had yeah <laughs> i'm i'm still hoping we bring lab coats into open source somehow but um <laughs> I, I understand the appeal of the the open source 
dress code or lack thereof. Um, it seems as though you have been focused and, and enthusiastic about the the onboarding experience, the the new contributor experience to both projects and communities. Um, and I'm kind of wondering what sort of lessons or insights have you seen through that work? Okay, so um, I think the reason why I'm interested in the first place was because of my experience getting involved. Now, knowing that I was from a non-technical background, but I was curious enough to want to get involved. It was difficult to get in. Aside the fact that there were so many persons to help, it was actually difficult because every single time I had to question whether I was in the right place and whether I actually belonged in this space. And um, why I have been championing topics around um, inclusion, onboarding, is basically because I noticed that difficulty from my end. And I try to, in every com community I find myself, I try to see that, okay, any other person that comes in shouldn't have to like go through that hassle of breaking into an open source community if they want to contribute simply because they're from either a non-technical background or they have very little knowledge about what they're contributing to. So long as they're eager to actually make efforts in that particular community yeah so that has been what um the driving force for me i gotcha um i kind of i keyed in on a, a word that you said which was belonging and it is it, it can be very difficult to feel as though you belong in in an open source project or an open source community. So what does belonging look like or feel like to you? Um, well, for me, I wouldn't say the word um, family, but like it's just a place that you don't have to be on your toes at every single time. Mm -hmm. Whenever you want to either make a suggestions or feel threatened that your voice um is going to um it's not going to be heard so like that feeling of belonging is basically being in a place where you feel welcome you feel at peace making your contributions you don't feel threatened by every other person's um feedback towards your contributions and uh, when you make those contributions you feel good about yourself regardless of how minor the changes might be because yeah you feel that peace um within that particular space or environment i feel like you've hit the the three sort of um states within a community feeling like you don't have to be on guard um yeah. so that you you feel welcome in the first place you feel empowered to make suggestions to to contribute your ideas um and that you feel safe in and and fulfilled in the work that you're doing there. I mean, that's it, it seems so straightforward, but it's actually so complex, right? Yeah. Um, 
So what you've been working in in this space for for quite some time now. Um, and I know you wanted to talk about the the community health aspect in your story today. Um, so what have you experienced and learned around co- community health when it comes to open source? Okay, well, um, so I've been in the open source space. This is going to make it the third year, and I'm really happy that I've been consistent all through that. But um, something that I have come to notice is in a situation or where you find yourself in a community where um, the leaders are conscious of topic on inclusion or like are aware of the struggles of getting involved, you will see that they actually make efforts to um, get other persons not to experience those struggles or those challenges and um, it's like not a common thing for most communities because the only time that okay let me put it this way you you can only talk about um, a challenge when you've actually experienced it either first hand or third hand it doesn't matter but like when you've experienced it then you can share about it now it's the same thing as finding solutions to that problem you can only um figure out the need to find a solution when you've actually seen that that is a problem and like for most communities that i have been a part of i've seen that um the leaders within this community actually have an idea of okay this problem exists this is this there's an elephant in the room and if i don't address it my community is going to suffer from from this particular thing and so they go ahead to address it but then there's still some communities out there that this um, awareness is lacking. And um, so it makes it difficult for certain persons to, you know, break into these communities, like in as much as today there's so many, there's so much talk about diversity and inclusion. There's so much talk about community health and metrics and all of that. There's still like communities that the awareness is not so much and like individuals still have to go through so much struggles when they want to break in. And at the end of the day, it discourages them from actually making effort. Now, take for instance, if my first um, time contributing to open source here, I had a very terrible experience considering that I was entering with fear or I was actually making effort with fear, um, with fear and doubt. I feel like if I had a bad experience on the first time trying i would have never tried again mm-hmm. and like that experience for most people sticks in and keeps them out completely and for others it's like a challenge you know try harder but not every single person is that um um can resist that that feeling to try again so yeah yeah i it, i i often kind of think of that as the the silent exits the people that came dipped their toes in but silently left they're not going to make an announcement right they're just going to to leave and you won't know what caused them to discontinue engaging yeah yeah i think the silent quitting is a common thing for most people that do not have the 
the willpower to address the problem and so you just never hear from them again yeah and i think i think it goes beyond willpower necessarily because it might just not be worth it for them to 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 resist the unwelcome atmosphere right um so what what efforts are there around improving community health that you've been involved in maybe okay well on my end i have been a part of like um a number of communities that talk about sustainability community health for instance the chaos community i've been involved in like a couple of months since i started contributing and then i got to know more about topics on community health because originally it was just something that i was curious about but getting to communities like chaos gave me like insight to what this is all about and i see that yes there are solutions there are existing solutions but enforcement is a thing that is still lacking um with these solutions that are available and i'm still like um contributing to other communities like um sustain mm -hmm. that also talks about sustainability of open source around still this um community um health that we're still um talking about um sddi community by Linus Foundation, still talking about um, inclusion within the development space and um, so many others that, you know, you just dip your hands to know what's going on, what are they talking about. And um, one common thing that I have seen is um, these communities um, collectively are striving towards um, one thing, to see that the, the general um, environment, not just that community, general open source environment, feels or gets impacted by some of these um, methods which they're proposing. And um, the common challenge is the adoption and um, the spread of these particular topics. Because you see that, yes, there, there's actually a lot of work being done within these communities if you get involved. I, I never knew how much on how much topics metrics have to do in terms of community health until I got into chaos and I'm like okay metrics do go a long way and recently I also got to find out about the um, non-focus um, DEI community that also develops like um, measures around open source events and conferences which is a thing that I, th I think if um, the adoption was much then the reports on challenge on like some of these um challenges that people experience within open source conferences will be reduced and these things have been existing for long but like the widespread of it seems to be um a struggle till today and um i'm still to i'm still yet to figure out why but i really hope that someday i'm able to you know use my efforts to make impact to a wider spread of topics around community health. Oh, that's awesome. I I actually didn't know about some of these efforts. Um, I did know about the chaos side of things, um, but the, the numfocus one is new to me, so I'm going to check that out. Uh, 
with the various kind of approaches that you've seen, what has been the the most effective, in your opinion, to improving community health and diversity okay. inclusion? Well, I really think that it's easier to um, approach a problem if um, you're aware of the problem. And for most communities, they the topics on um, welcoming or belonging is really strange. And so you see, it's not like people come upwards to say, okay, I don't want you here. But like we experience it in microaggression and like um, this uh, micro biases, which is as a result of not being aware or not being knowledgeable of what you're doing or like how wrong it is for you to address people in certain ways or talk to people in certain ways or deprive people of things because of how you feel or past experiences. Some persons are not knowledgeable of this. And like, I think it's like um, a factor that um is still existing out there the fact that the the knowledge is not there is still a struggle but how do how do i think this can be addressed i think getting to know communities like chaos and understanding that these metrics can actually be used if people are knowledgeable of oh this metric exists why does it exist this is why it exists and this is the problem it addresses if people are knowledgeable of just that simple thing then if uh, if at that point some persons still go as far as making a place um uncomfortable for other people then you know that they're doing it out of you know share what's the word they're doing it intentionally to make the other person yes yeah, so it's like they're doing it consciously mm -hmm. not because they're unaware at this point so like i think these metrics that exist can do a lot or like um, the measures from, let's say, the non-focused community, they can do a lot. The chaos um, best practices, they can also do a lot. But like um, the knowledge, the general public knowledge of these things is still very limited, which makes the how people react to um, things on community health still um, it's still a shaky topic, I would say. Uh, absolutely. Um the awareness in and of itself is it can can be a challenge um it's like if you already know it's a problem you're going to work to improve it hopefully um yeah but there are certain projects out there that seem to be uh steadfastly in denial that there there's <laughs> that they have a problem in the first place so oh yeah i think that is another angle that um I still haven't figured out how this can be tackled because there are communities that exist that are aware of topics on um, topics on community health generally, not just um, diversity and inclusion, generally community health. But um, it's not their main priority because to them, they're selling a product mm -hmm. and not um, they're not selling um people's um, well-being they're selling a product and so so long as the product is um, being bought or accepted by people they're completely fine every other thing can you know just wait or hang around mm -hmm. yeah um i've i've definitely seen that as well yeah <laughs> 
Um, well, we're quickly running out of time, um, though I imagine we could keep talking for quite some time on this topic. Um, I guess in, in closing, what advice do you have for projects who maybe want to proactively look at their community health? Well, um, in my opinion, I would say um, pointing out the existing challenges um, would be a good place to start. So many communities do not take topics on yet. Um, yeah, we're talking about numbers and uh, the numbers might not really mean much, but like looking at the data does help a lot because every once in a while, I think it's fair that a community should try um, adopting like surveys or just studying how the community feels about their current status in terms of health and um, belonging. How does the community feel about this? Is there a way that we can improve? Are there areas we are doing poorly that we could work on? And then going out there to look for existing solutions to these problems that your community has pointed. Now, there are so many solutions that exist. But because it is not a topic that people prioritize, they don't bother to look for the solutions to the problem. And so, like, when you find out the problems through your surveys or through studying your community, um, you can go out to find solutions either by metrics or best practices or just setting a team that can actually look at this and address um, all of these challenges for you. And then I think that's a good place to start. I mean, there's so much that can be done, but that's a good starting point. I, I think that's a great, a, a great suggestion. Um, and... Data can be so powerful, but data combined with stories or like even short answer surveys is just, it really drives the point home. So I really love that you mentioned surveys in there as well. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Anita, for, for joining us on Open Source Stories today. Um, and we're just delighted to have you here. Oh, thank you so much, Julia. I, I think this was great. I'm glad I could share this story.